On today's show, I'm going to be talking with Dietschy, and he's got a new single out called Do What I Can. He's got a really cool video with that. I want to talk about the making of that, what he's been doing since I last talked to him last year, a lot of success. Uh, he has a combined streams of 5 million on Spotify and YouTube, uh, 100,000 TikTok followers, and it looks like 2022, his fan base is growing even more. So welcome to the show, Dietschy. Thank you for having me. I know. Can you believe it? It's been like a year since we last talked. Been quite a bit. Yeah, it's been. A, yeah, it flew well, by. Part of the, well, part of the fun for me is to see an artist grow. And I think when we last talked, you had put out the singles Vector, uh, Bar for Bar. Yep. But with, yep. And those uh, got, got a lot of attention on Spotify. But do what you can. I, th I think you're doing something new here. It's a little more mellow than what we're used to, kind of romantic. Um, why the change? It, it seems like you're you're almost in love now. Yeah, I mean, I'm so new to creating music. I've only been really creating music for a year and a half now, or less than a year and a half. So I feel like I'm still in the process of finding my sound and finding really what kind of music I want to make. So I feel like right now I've just been experimenting with different sounds, different genres, and just trying to find that sound that I want to stick with, just because I'm so new still. Mm -hmm. Well, what's the fan response to Do What I Can? Like I said, it's it's probably your most romantic song. I mean, you've done like you did the 305 interlude, which got a lot of attention and, and had, you know, this very sexy kind of... You know, passionate video, but do what I can. It just seems like a very romantic, like, you know, almost like, you know, it's going to expand your fan base with that. Yeah, I mean, the response to do what I can has been super, super positive. I mean, I've gotten a lot of um, good feedback from it. And, you know, it's, I tried to create a mellow vibe with it. It's like, I didn't, I didn't want it to be like too like 305 interview like but i tried creating more of like an r&b slash rap type of song that was just mellow like i don't i don't know if you saw the music video but i kind of tried to picture like what i had i tried to create what i had in my head when creating the song and show it through the video well that yacht let's talk about that <laughs> now i know you're you're based in miami so i'm mm -hmm. assuming that was filmed down there and Talk about an aspirational video. You you know, you're in this beautiful yacht in the water. And was that just, is that your normal every day? Or, or was that like a special occasion for you? I mean, I wish. Huh. <laughs> I mean, I wish I was on a yacht every day. But um, yeah, it's, it was, um, it was, it was a cool place. I mean, it's, it was just, we went on there for the video and we kind of shot around, shot. Um, we had a drone up in the air. We were shooting a bit from there. And then we kind of shot some shots just on the handheld on the boat. And we just tried to create a really relaxed vibe. I feel like the video has has a vibe where you're kind of secluded. Like the video kind of seems like away from society, like from like the city, but also at the same time, you feel like you're at Miami, like in Miami. See, to me, that was very Instagram. That was like, did you take a lot of stills for Instagram from that shoot? Yeah, yeah. We have a lot of BTS, a lot of stills. From that shoot yeah mm -hmm. see the one thing you didn't have which kind of surprised me you also have a lot of beautiful women in your video and ironically you're here on a yacht and suddenly you didn't have like all the beautiful women on the deck of the yacht was that like a conscious choice 
Yeah, yeah. I, like for that video, I decided to try to kind of make it solo, make it more focused on just like um just a relaxing video. I feel like there was no need for having too many other things. Just really simple, basic, straight into the point. Mm-hmm. Well, another thing people forget is, you know, you started when you were really young, I think, weren't you 17 when you recorded yeah. your first music? Yeah, I was 17 when I when I first started like creating music, really. Like when I when I started doing this and now I'm 18 and I'm almost 19. I mean, that's a lot for, you know, I can't imagine doing what you were doing at 17, you know, making the music, making the music videos, building a fan base. I mean, you've been so driven from such, you know, a young age. How did that happen? I feel like there was always just um, a will to work. I really enjoy, like, doing things and working. Because, like, since I was young, like, even in middle school, I would sell lollipops to, like, buy things that I wanted, for example. So I'd buy a bag of lollipops, and I'd just sell each lollipop individually for a dollar each, and eventually I'd save up to buy a pair of shoes. So I feel like I've always had the mentality of working and wanting to work. So I feel like kind of when I was 17, I was finishing up high school and it was a good time to start working because I didn't really have aspirations to go to college. So I felt like it would just be, just get into the workforce as fast as possible. Well, it's a good comparison because in music, you really do have to hustle. It's not just the glamor and the, the music videos and the image. There's so much behind the scenes, and isn't that why a lot of really talented people don't always make it, because they don't have that business drive? Yeah, because it's the music business. I mean, no matter how good the music is, if you don't do the business side of it, you're either going to blow up and miss out on a lot of opportunity, or you're just not even going to blow up at all, and you're just going to be putting out music for the rest of your life. So you really got to be proficient in both the music side and the business side just because it's not you can't just be proficient at one side you have to have at least people around you or um just be able to do something like that so it's really important i mean it's just as important on the music like the music the business is just as important as the music in my opinion well you started your own record label right off the bat do yes. other artists come to you and say, hey, Dichi, you've got it together i want to be on your label can you be my mentor and guide me I mean, not yet, but I, I can't imagine like the amount of work that I have to do just for myself. Like, I can't imagine the work that it would take for other other artists. I mean, I don't see myself signing any artists for quite a bit, to be honest. I mean, mm -hmm. well, I saw something on I think on your website. It seemed like a little teaser. Uh, maybe you can flesh it out. Tell tell me what this means. It was the new 305 worldwide which i'm thinking that's a tour you're gonna do um no that was um that was an article that i got from the source magazine okay and that was the headline of the article the new 305 worldwide but yeah it was um i mean in a year in a year i've gotten an article in source now and it's like very nice for real yeah okay because when i saw worldwide i thought oh he's gonna launch a worldwide tour and I thought, yeah. what a great title. <laughs> but Not yet. Uh, see, I think of you as very international. You, you're based in Miami, but uh, you were born in Italy. Yes, sir. And you kind of spent your growing up between Milan and Miami. Yeah, and then I'd also be in Japan. I went to school in Japan for elementary school. 
or I mean, yeah, elementary school, I'd, I'd um, during the summers, I'd go to school in Japan. Okay, so you're Japanese on your mom's side and then Italian on your dad's? Yes, sir. Well, that's kind of cool. So, so Milan, and then you're there in Japan, Miami. I mean, if you if you think about all the international hotspots, you you're yeah, kind of covers, yeah, you're destined. Well, this very international, glamorous, you know, music star, you know, globe trotting. Do do you ever kind of step back and think, yeah, I've I've kind of got it going on here? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I don't want to. I want to appreciate every moment that I'm in. I don't want to just kind of just keep on working, working, working. And then I'm, I end up and then I'm like, oh, look where I came. I feel like I want to kind of enjoy the process because I feel like that's what it's all about. I feel like it's about the process. And mm-hmm. I feel like once you get to the end result, you're going to be more, you're going to look back at the progress and you're going to be happier with the progress you made rather than the end result. Mm-hmm. Well, I love talking about the Japanese pop music scene. Because that's kind of hidden to a lot of Americans. They don't realize there's so much going on there. And there's even some like American artists, like out of the blue, one of their songs might take off in Japan, but no one in the U.S. will have heard of it. Mm -hmm. Have you had any like success there where like one of your singles has just taken off? I mean, not yet. I feel like the Japanese market will kind of come as I expand in the American market. I feel like... The American market obviously is a much bigger market, much more opportunity here. So for now, I'm just more focused on the U.S. And eventually I'd love to to, to do work in Japan. But it's a very like the audience in Japan is very. Um, they're, they're either the majority of the country is into J-pop, like Japanese pop music, and then the, mm-hmm. the more rap hip hop's more niche. And especially mm-hmm. when you're not making Japanese songs like with Japanese lyrics, it makes it a lot harder to kind of break that market because right now the only songs that you're seeing from the u.s to break like the only songs to like hit big in japan are songs like like justin bieber that um the justin bieber song he did with the kid Leroy stay mm-hmm. so you're seeing songs like that blow up there you're also seeing songs um from ed sheeran but a lot of these songs that you see cross over and do really well in japan are mostly like from certain names like an ed sheeran or a taylor swift or a, a justin bieber it's so interesting to see how rap and hip hop gets interpreted in different parts of the world. You know, yeah. you know, we're so used to, you know, a New York sound or an L.A. sound or a Chicago sound. You know, how do you th- see rap and hip hop interpreted in Miami right now? What's what's popular there? I mean, in Miami, obviously, like Kodak Black is probably the biggest rapper out of Florida. Um, you also have people like Ski Master the Slump God or Puya that are more like in the underground scene. I mean, Puya is more in the underground. Ski Master Slump God has gotten way bigger now. And then obviously like XXX Tentacion, like who who passed away like a couple years ago. But you're seeing a lot of people like that. Um, Denzel Curry, another big person from Florida. But mm-hmm. I feel like the Florida rap scene is like very. I, f- I feel like a lot of people are just doing like have their own sound. And I feel like. Um, I feel like I kind of am doing my own thing as well. I don't feel like I kind of fit into the exact category of like Florida rap, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I really like, there's tons of artists down here that I listen to. So I feel like I'm like pretty influenced by the Florida rap scene. Who does embrace you the most? Because, you know, rap music, especially you can build such a loyal following 
but until you do, it can be really hard to break into. It's so competitive. Do you just have a little niche of, of fans that really connected with you right off the bat? Yeah, I mean, right now, in terms of cities that I get the most, because on Spotify, you know, you can you can see um, it breaks it down from cities, so I can see what cities I'm getting a lot of plays in. So right now, I'm getting a lot of plays. I got a lot. Of, I get a lot of plays from Buffalo, New York. Mm-hmm. Also overseas, I get a lot of love in Germany. Okay. You know, I get a lot of my plays in Germany. So, and then also Miami, obviously, I get a lot of love in Miami. So those are the main three places I can think of off the top of my head are are Germany, Miami, and Buffalo. Now, when's the last time you've been back uh, to Milan? I went to when I was 15 turning six. So I went three years ago. I went during the summer. I went to Milan. Mm-hmm. And what's still special about that? Because, you know, here in America, we have such a, a view of, especially Milan, you know, as being the fashion capital, being very artistic, very mm-hmm. hip. You know, did it did it feel just as hip to you? Like, were you hearing fresh music in the streets for the fashions really cool one thing that i will say is that italy is awesome but when it comes to fashion like personally i think japan is the is the real capital because i know people say the fashion capital of the world is italy but Mm -hmm. i think japan's just on a real crazy level in terms of their fashion but Mm -hmm. italy i feel walking through the streets especially i was um like being born there and spending a lot of time there like three years, three years back when I went, it was like it was really interesting walking through those streets that I that I walked through as a baby. They're like a, a small kid, mm-hmm. and just looking around and it, I didn't really hear much music in the streets, but I mean, it was just um, it's inspiring. Like it, you can create, you see a lot of things, and it helps you create like creatively. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Japan and fashion because they've really embraced streetwear in such a specific way and really elevated it mm-hmm. no streetwear in japan's huge mm-hmm. i mean um I, I just got back from japan two days ago so i was over there i was looking i go through i go to a lot of the um, like the small stores the, the niche stores the small brands and what i see coming up in japan right now is i think japan like a lot of these brands that are really small and like um, on the come up in Japan right now, I think a lot of these brands are going to take over soon. I really, mm-hmm. really, really see a lot of like young designers that are super, super talented. Well, that's such a link because, you know, American uh, rap and hip hop scene has so, you know, made streetwear so dominant out there. And then to take, you know, Japan doing their spin on it, you know, at, at this even more artistic level in some ways. Do you feel like you're kind of in the center of this, like the eye of that storm? Like, wow, you, you could be really influential there with maybe fashion. Maybe you could do a Dietschy streetwear fashion line. No, that's the goal. I mean, we've been we, we've been talking about merch ever since I ever since I started, really, just because I'm so influenced by like streetwear. Like, I love streetwear. I think Japan is doing a great job right now. I think they're really going to be the leaders of streetwear. So, I mean, the fashion line's a goal. I mean, it's it's definitely a goal. I don't see it happening this year. Maybe next year um, is the goal. But I really, I don't want to create, like when I create that, like quote unquote merch, right? I don't want it to be just merch. I want it to be like fashion. I want it to be like more than just merch. If you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want it to be something that anyone can wear and they feel cool in. I feel like that's the goal of a lot of people, but... 
I feel I can do a really good job out of that. Who creates your looks for your music videos? Me. I <laughs> I do everything right now. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, yeah. Even, even the mode. even the the Hannibal Lecter mask. Yeah, that everything. <laughs> that was the idea. <laughs> that that was a memorable one. Your your homage to Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Well, what do you think when you look at your videos? I know a lot of actors, they'll be in a movie and, and they don't want to watch the movie. Yeah, I feel you, the uh, exact same way. I mean, I'll watch like I'll watch the I'll watch the video until it's completely done. Mm-hmm. But once it's on YouTube, I might watch it once, but then I'll probably not really go back to it just because I've seen it. I've I was there the entire time it's being created. I watched it. Like I edit, like I helped edit it. I looked through it. I made sure everything was correct. And after all that's through, like after creating the video, then editing the video, then correcting everything, then it's like I've seen the video so many times. I, I feel there's always like personally, I feel like there's no need anymore because I've seen it so many times. So I don't, I don't really go back and watch too much now. And you tend to collaborate with uh, the same uh, video directors, who's very accomplished. Uh, what's his name? Brian Barrel. I've yes. shot every video with them. Yeah, so that's quite the relationship. So you guys must have a shorthand when you work together. No, everything's straight to the point. We really, I mean, I've been working with him this long because we we get along. We He brings good ideas. I bring ideas. Then he brings them to reality. So it's a really good team, um, team we have going. Are you good at taking direction? Yeah, I mean, for the most for the most part, what happens is I kind of pitch an idea to him, and he'll or he'll come up with an idea, and then we'll kind of work on it, and he'll figure out how to create that into a video, and then once we get on set, then I he has the shots in mind, and then I kind of do my own thing in the shots. Mm-hmm. See, since you do so much on your own, writing, recording, um, having your own label, sometimes when people do everything. It's hard for them to give up some control. But I think the flip side is, isn't it kind of nice when someone else can do something and you can just sit back and do your part, but let someone take over another part? I mean, yeah, I, I have an awesome team that I work with. And um, I mean, it's awesome to be able to, I feel like the biggest thing is you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You always want to have other people working with you that, are smarter than you or know more than you at certain things. So I feel like that's a big thing is building a really nice like foundation, like a foundational team of people. Um, can you repeat the question? Sorry, I forgot. No, that's good. I, I think you answered it great oh. that that some people, I think they, they have such an iron fist and they can't delegate anything. Sounds like you've learned very early on to surround yourself with really good people who in the end, you know, good people make you look good. Oh, yeah. No, and then also being able to have authority, like creatively, is a big part as well. Because, for example, if you're signed to a label, you might not get to choose when you want to release. The mm-hmm. The good thing about like having my own label being independent is that I get to choose when I release. I get to choose how we shoot the video. And I have a lot of power over what we do, basically. So I feel like for now, like I'm, I'm in a really good spot. So you don't just have a lot of yes men around you. You actually, do you encourage some pretty straightforward feedback with the people around you? Yeah, I mean, I always say, like, if you don't like it, tell me. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm always big about criticism. Like I'm always big on constructive criticism or just criticism in general, just because I want to learn what I'm doing wrong. Because how am I how am I going to grow if if I just have everyone telling me oh, you're doing a great job, great job? I'm never going to learn. <laughs> you know, like. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel like oh. the only way to get better is by taking criticism. Over this past year, what's the best piece of feedback that part of your team has given you? Um, I mean, off the top of my head, I can't give like a certain instance, but it wouldn't be part of my team necessarily. But I feel like the articles that I've gotten recently that have been a result of my team pitching me have mm-hmm. been really nice. Um, Spin Magazine, um, Source Magazine, those, those two articles have been really like cool. I mean, it's been, and it's not directly my team saying something but it's a it's a result of my team pitching me so i feel that has been the greatest like showing of like appreciation i guess well as an artist there's a big lonely part you spend so much time in the studio you spend so much time perfecting what you do then you release it and sometimes it feels like you're you're getting no response, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe we're impatient, thinking, well, how come no one's responding? It's it's been on YouTube for 20 minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. We kind of get impatient, but what is the important part of getting just some really good acknowledgement? You put in all this work, and just to know that someone's listening and someone is really getting your message. You said, what's the importance? Yeah, of getting that just feedback that people are really connecting with what you're doing. I mean, I feel like it's important because the only way that you know, I mean, if you don't, the only way you know, because you could think something's great and then you put it out to the world and then everyone's like, what are you doing, right? So I feel like getting that feedback is important because, I mean, you know that you're on the right track. You know you're not, you know you're doing the right things. I mean, if you if you put out a video on YouTube and you get 10 comments and all of them are bad, then you might be doing something wrong, right? But I mean, I've been getting a lot of positive um, feedback so far. So I feel like I'm in, heading in the right direction and just getting closer and closer to kind of, um, you know, um, finding my sound, really. Mm-hmm. At this point, do you think your fans are open to you experimenting, like we talked about earlier, do what I can? You know, that's that's a little bit different than what you've been putting out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the... Um, like my fans, people listening to my music, I feel like right now my fan base isn't massive, right? I have a small fan base. So at this point, I feel like people aren't just listening to me because I'm popular, right? People are listening to me because they really appreciate what I do. And I feel like when you have fans like that, they're more open to listening to different things, seeing what you have in store. Because I feel they're not as much in it because they think every song I put out is like amazing or because I'm like very mainstream, I'm very popular. It's more because they really like me and what I'm doing. How have you changed in the past year or two? Um, I mean, the past year has been like a very life-changing. I mean, if you told me two years ago I was I'd be doing music, I wouldn't believe you, right? Um, this year, I feel like the biggest thing is I've gotten more. I feel like I've been more. I've gotten more driven this year just because I see like seeing results help. Like I have my main goal, obviously, which is kind of you know, to make it, but seeing like the, the baby steps, the small steps, like getting an article in source or getting an article in spin, getting on the phone with this company, 
right, has helped me stay motivated and get even more driven just because I, every, every step I make, I feel like I'm closer to that final goal. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I feel like I'm, I'm, I feel more driven than ever right now. I feel like the biggest change is that I'm, I'm just getting more and more driven. Mm-hmm. So besides the music part, what have you found is another just natural talent you have? I mean, you've mentioned business a lot, but besides the writing and the performing, what do you think is your your strongest talent, you know, other than the music? I would say I'd say business. Um, if you would exclude music, probably business. Um, I'm good at drawing as well. I'm good at like designing clothing. Those those were the main those I'd say are the main three things is the business, like drawing art and then um like fashion. Mm-hmm. And how much of that do you want to introduce to your brand? How much of that do you want to share with your fans? I mean, all of it. I just got to focus on the music first. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I just got to build up that fan base so then I have a ton of people to show what I'm up to, too. Is there anyone out there that has a career that you'd like to have? You know, we we do see a lot more musicians who have, you know, clothing lines and, you know, they veer off into other, you know, parts of their brand. But is there anyone out there right now, whether they're, you know, from the U.S. or Japan or, you know, Italy? Is there someone you think, yeah, that's the kind of creative career I'd like to have? I mean, ideally, Kanye West. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he has hits on hits on hits. He has like 24 Grammys. He has massive clothing line. Like on the Adidas side, he did the deal with Gap. I mean, ideally, that's the that's the career I'd like to have, but it's not like he just got it overnight. I mean, I got to work for that. So, but yeah, Kanye West. Oh my goodness, that that means you must be looking for a celebrity girlfriend. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to be uh, Kanye West. I mean, to be under that microscope. Do do you think um, you know that would be life changing? Um, I mean, I feel like I don't, I don't really mind. Um, I'm very, um, I, I sit in my house all day, to be honest. I mean, I just kind of do music right now. So even in the future, I don't really see myself going out and about as much. So as much as like another super famous person would. So I feel like I wouldn't be that, I wouldn't see that many problems with paparazzi or, or people like that, just cause I'm just going to be doing my own thing. Like what um similar to what Post Malone does. I mean, Post Malone's just out in Utah living his life. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably well, take if, that route. Well, if you get into the streetwear, I'd imagine a lot of red carpets in your life. Most likely, yeah. That would be cool. So do you do you, do you have can are you good at posing for the camera? I'm getting there. <laughs> I mean, I try my best right now. That's what's so tough nowadays. I, I don't envy young artists because they have to wear so many hats. They can't just make the music. They have to appear at events. You know, they have to be paparazzi savvy and, you know, they have to be conscious of who they're dating and, you know, who they're photographed with. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do, do you think that, yeah, you know, that's that's part of the package. I can do that. Or do you think I'd just rather be at home creating more music? Yeah, I mean, everything has its pros and cons, right? So with this music stuff, you could, 
you know, you can become very successful, but at the same time, everyone knows who you are. So, you know, it comes with that. It's, it comes with that. I mean, I feel I can deal with it. We'll mm-hmm. see how that plays out in time, but at least right now, I'm pretty confident I'll be able to deal with it. I'll just do my own thing. And then um, I just see it as part of the package. Mm-hmm. Something unavoidable. Well, well, being at the right festivals now is so key and, you know, live performances since they're up and running again. You know, what, what are the like two or three big music festivals that you think will be crucial for you to play at in the next couple of years? I think the most crucial one right now is Rolling Loud. Mm-hmm. That would be the biggest thing. Then Coachella, which is happening right now. Or no, it just happened. Um... Coachella would be another huge one. So I'd say Rolling Loud, Coachella, South by Southwest. I'd probably say are the three biggest. I might be missing something, but I, like off the top of my head, those are the three biggest like festivals that would be a goal in the next couple of years to get into. Mm-hmm. Well, when you do that, how do you envision your stage show? I mean, fun. I mean, craziness. I mean, backup like dancers, like background dancers, fire shooting out of the stage, something crazy. I mean, I mean, that's done before, but in time, I'll figure something out that hasn't really been done. So, mm-hmm. and do you see yourself as having more like DJ backup, or do you see yourself eventually getting a band together, like a, a real band? I see myself DJ with, with, with a band. There's so many, um, so many um, things that you have to worry about. And then also I feel like my music, a lot of it can't be replicated with a band because it's a lot of different sounds. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the, the best way to go is just DJ. There might be some songs I can do with a band, but most likely I'll, I'll, I'll go the DJ route. DJ route. So you're going to be the super focus of your show. Yes, sir. That's pretty cool. It sounds like yeah. you're up to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm- ready you know i'm also curious uh with japan if you know are there any festivals there you can think of off the top of your head with japan um the biggest festival they do in japan's ultra i believe Mm -hmm. but the ultras i wouldn't really fit fit in because i don't really do like dubstep edm or house in japan Mm -hmm. a lot a lot of what they do is an artist will just go on tour and they'll do a lot of theaters out and about if if, the, if they're big enough they'll do like stadiums and um, arenas but what you see a lot is you see a lot of artists doing like 10 15 feeders and just doing a tour throughout japan you don't really see too many festivals they'll do some events but it's not consistent like some company might put out an event where they get like i don't know like 20 30 40 artists and they do like a big festival type of show but it's mm-hmm. not consistent like a coachella or a rolling loud and you don't see like the it's not it's not as big, but they have something similar, but it's not really consistent. So I feel like I wouldn't call it a festival. Mm-hmm. Well, who knows? Maybe maybe someday they will have a Dichi Fest. I mean, I hope <laughs> that would be cool. So if you had a Dichi Fest and you were the headliner, uh, name like a handful of bands that you would want to be on the bill there with you. Would th- would this be in Japan or or in the U.S.? Oh, oh, Japan! That would be cool. Because but you could, US... but you could bring in whoever you wanted. 
I'd, I'd do different different lineup for Japan and the U.S. If I, if I was in the U.S., I'd bring out a lot of people, a lot of artists that I like. I mean, if I was in the power to headline over, like, really big names, then then I'll bring out, like, whatever artists I like. So, like, a lot of Florida people, like Kodak Black, Denzel Curry, Ski Mask, Puya. I'd bring out um, some New York people, like Fivio Foreign, Action Bronson, Mayhem Loren. Um, some Spanish artists, maybe. I listen to a lot of Spanish music, so like El Alfa. Um, Bad Bunny's cool. J Balvin's cool. It's like a lot of a lot of different like. It'd be a, it'd be a pretty um, broad show, but mm-hmm. I feel like it would be it would be pretty cool. Cause I I just really if I was if I could headline over Bad Bunny, then then I'm doing pretty good, right? So. I just bring out whatever artists I'd like, and in Japan I'd bring out more, like Japanese groups. Like I'd bring out like um, Reona, Mide, um, King New. Um, maybe I'll bring out someone like Lex, JP the Wavy, A Witch. Um, trying to think, Yuasobi, mm-hmm. um, Yonez Kenshi. I'd bring out a lot of people. But again, like I listen to so much different music that it would be like a really weird festival because you'd have like a lot of different like singers and artists and stuff. But it could be interesting. We'll see. Well, it'd be interesting if you wrote all those names down that you just mentioned. Then five years from now, look at that list and see how many of those you've actually performed with. That would be cool. Yeah. Well, although. Probably all of them, since you're very ambitious. Okay, so we're going to wrap up in a moment. A few more questions before we do. What is the best way for people to find you online? You know, you've got a great uh, YouTube channel, but you've got a a lot going on. So where are the best uh, social media to find you on? You can find me everywhere at DC Music, which is D-I-C-I Music, one word. And my website's DiciMusic, D-I-C-I-Music.com. Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, everything's DiciMusic. So that's the best way you can find me. Excellent. Yeah, and I highly recommend not just the current video, do what I can, but all your past videos, you know, see the progression you've had. And a lot of different assets. There's a lot of different sides to Dici in your videos. Mm -hmm. All right. So here's what I'm so curious. I think it's that that whole image of the yacht on Do What I Can. And, you know, I think to a lot of people looking from the outside, you know, you live a very glamorous life. And I think there's still that Miami glamour where, wow, you know, the rich and the famous and the beautiful and the fashionable, you know, it's such a magnet for all that. And, And very international. You have people from all over the world there. Uh, how close is your life to that? Uh, oh, I mean, we're getting there. <laughs> I mean, hopefully one day it'll match. Right now, to be honest, it's not matching that much. But one day I hope to get there. And I mean, you got to portray it for the music video. You got to make it look cool. So... I'll get there eventually, though. I'm not mm. not worried. We got this. What's just the best part of Miami glamour? You know, if you're not going to be modest or, 
you know, act like it doesn't matter. But, you know, if you get to go out on the town and what is it, Beach Drive or, you know, what what's just the coolest part of Miami when you think, wow, this is the coolest place on earth? I think Coconut Grove, to be honest, is just the coolest place because it's it's you're in Miami, but like it, it's it's like, um, let me think. It's like a family area, but at the same time, there's a lot of stuff to do. There's a lot of good places to eat and you have the ocean right there. So it's like a cool area because you have the ocean, you have nice restaurants. Um, I, I think Coconut Grove is just my favorite part about Miami. Nice. And I guess I have to remind myself, since you're not old enough to go to the, the nightclubs, you, you probably don't know any of those firsthand. But no, but there's a lot of clubs here, a lot of good clubs here, like Live, Story, Eleven. Very good. Well, we, well, you don't, you, you don't have to answer. But uh, have you ever been able to slip into a real nightclub? I mean, I can't say which one, but I mean, <laughs> you could probably, since you have the swagger, you could probably slip right past the door, man. Okay, two more questions. How about this? So Japan. First of all, when you go to Japan, what's your favorite city? I stay in Tokyo. Um, Tokyo is just where I've grown up there. Like that's that's where I've. I know the city. Like, I know the city so well. You could show me a picture of anywhere in like somewhere like Shibuya or Shinjuku, and I could take you on a map, and I could tell you exactly where that picture was taken. Mm-hmm. Like I'm. And pretty, you, you made a video that. Um sort of honored your Japanese heritage. What, what was that song? Yeah, I had a song called Shibuya. I put it out in January of last year. It was it's kind of like, it was just like a rap song, but, you know, I talked a lot about stuff in Japan. The song was called Shibuya, which is like a, like one of the central cities and like central like places in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that was just like a fun song. I tried to give it like a Tokyo vibe, like a rush, rush hour type of feeling. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's a great song. <laughs> Excellent. So I guess my final question would be then, since you've, you've you know covered Miami with this and then Japan previously, if you were to on a future video highlight you know your italy the things you love about italy the most whether it's milan or another city how would you represent italy in a music video i'd probably either do a video in like either the italian countryside or i'd do a video in like milan in a building that has a courtyard with a lot of greenery and i'd shoot a video in the courtyard of the building and throughout the streets so that, that'd probably be the two angles i'd take is either like a courtyard in a very italian looking building mm -hmm. or um or somewhere in the countryside wine farm maybe olive farm what if you did that and it was a romantic song and suddenly you had a huge international ballad hit and and suddenly people just wanted you for that and, and it's like, okay, you could be this big romantic star now, but you have to give up the hip hop. Would you do it? Probably not. Because I, I mean, maybe. 
depends on how good the offer is. But, I mean, I just like making the music that I make. So I feel like I wouldn't, I don't know, I feel like I couldn't do one category of music forever. I feel like I would get bored. So I'd kind of just, it would be difficult because I just like hopping around and doing different stuff. So, so in 10 years, how, how do you think the 28 going on 29-year-old Dichi will look back on the 18-year-old Dichi? I think he'll be pretty happy that he made the choice to be in the music industry. I think um, 28-year-old me would be pretty satisfied, pretty happy, I think. I mean, I think I'd be happy that I made the choices I made. Mm -hmm. And one final thought. I'll give you the last word. if you could have any yacht parked in 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 your backyard in Miami, uh, like in that music video, mm-hmm. is that the dream, or or you know, is there a different part of Beachy that you know you know, getting your first big royalty check when your mm-hmm. gigantic breakout smash, you know, will the reality be you're gonna go over the status symbols, you know? To you, what would be that that nice item you you sink that first royalty check into? A building. That'd be really a big piece of property I can build a building on. Not too big on yachts, like big yachts, because it's just it's a lot of logistics to it. If you have a big yacht, you gotta have a crew. You have to have somewhere to park it. There's just too much stuff involved with yachts. If I just get a big piece of property, then I can just do whatever I want on the property. It'll just be cool. I mean, yeah. I mean, that if I get a big royalty check, I'd probably buy a piece of land. God, you see, you do have a good business sense. That's that's probably the smarter purchase. Yeah, probably because because yeah. yachts have a lot of upkeep. And then with that big check, what's the nice thing you're going to get for your parents? Um, apartments in the building. <laughs> I like that. You've got real estate on your mind. I think you're probably, once you hit it big, you'll have a good side business in real estate. Hopefully. I would love to <laughs> love to be able to buy a ton of real estate. See, I could see you. You know how they have those boutique hotels, and they mm-hmm. bring a designer in and have really cool modern design inside the lobby and all the rooms and all the artwork? Mm-hmm. I could see you doing that. Yeah. I mean, speaking of that, um, Pharrell, Pharrell, um, Pharrell did a hotel in Miami recently. Oh, really? Yeah, with David Grubman. Okay. Um, he did a he did a hotel. I want to say like around in South Beach. Well, you you talked about you know your merch. When you said merch isn't just going to be you know clothing and whatnot, can we call real estate like the new merch? Yeah, I mean. It would be cool to eventually have a hotel, but it's a lot of work, so I'd have to have, again, I'd have to have a good team to help me with that, but I mean, hotels are cool. It would be cool to own one, kind of build it out the way I want it to be. It would be cool to have my fans stay at it. Maybe if you, we do giveaways where you get free nights at the hotel, figure it out in the future. See, I think 28-year-old Dichi is going to tell 18-year-old Dichi, Dichi why didn't you get into real estate sooner? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you've been a sport. Um, uh, his name is Dichi. Uh, the current single is Do What I Can. Oh, my goodness. I, I think we're going to see so much from you. I think we're going to see so many creative outlets besides your music. But at, for now, your music is a great one. I think you're building up a big fan base, a lot of fans. And I think everyone's really going to set the bar high for you and really want to see what you do next. Thank you so much. 